Well, hello everybody and welcome again to the Weirdly Magical Podcast with Jen and Lou. And on this episode, we're going to look at the Pisces full moon, which is on September the 2nd um, at 6.22am London time. And we'll talk a little bit more about that as we go through. Um, Before we introduce ourselves, I'm going to switch it around a little bit and remind you that we do take questions. Um, you can message our Weirdly Magical Facebook page or email weirdlymagicalpodcast at gmail.com to possibly have your um, question featured on the podcast. Oh, there's a weird noise in the background. Anyway, um, and uh, we also have a Patreon, uh, which is patreon.com forward slash weirdlymagical. For $3 a month, you can support our work. Um, We're kind of uh, just at halfway to a point where we said we would start doing Patreon-only content. So the more of you that come and support our work, the closer we'll be to doing Patreon-only content. So, But thank you so much to those that already do support us on Patreon. It helps to cover the costs of running this um, podcast because there are a few running costs. So now we'll introduce ourselves quickly. So, Jen. Hey there, I'm Jen Dishen, jendishen.com, and I am an Akashic guide and creator of the Illuminating Journey Cards, author of Neshi Kakun. And I guide my clients to find the truth of who they are so they can live their soul's choice every day. And I'm Louise Eddington, louiseeddington.com. I am an astrologer and writer of two books, Modern Astrology and The Complete Guide to Astrology. And um, I uh, do astrology readings. I am currently getting certified with the Organization of Professional Astrologers. I've decided to use the COVID time for to my advantage. And I am just starting a training to become a certified hypnotherapist and past life regression therapist also, which I'm going to combine with my astrology. And uh, that's that for now. So let's look at our cards. I, I keep forgetting. So this time I'm going to go straight to the cards. So Jen, what's your card? <laughs> uh, my card is from the Illuminating Journey cards that I created with the help of the Akashic Records. And um, this is card 16, Soul Portal 16. And what I find fascinating about this card, if those of you can't see it, it's like in an underwater cave, and there's blue water, there's a lot of staglomites, and this uh, kind of large, I don't know what you would call that, like a kind of altar, I guess. Uh, and a female standing in front of the altar. She's in the water. She has scarabs around. Uh, there's lightning in the background. There's a lot of symbols on the altar. Uh, some people think it's a very phallic symbol. So when I look at this card, uh, I feel like it's this reminder or this moment. And this card has been coming up quite a bit. It's a reminder that we are 
committing to the path, the deep path of knowing our soul's journey, our soul's truth, the thing we are committed to, the truth that we want to live by. And so as we look at this um, uh, altar, which is very uh, three-dimensional, it's very whole, it has a great presence, it's this idea of being in the subterranean areas of our soul, of our being, of our human existence, and finding the reason why, why we are here and, and what we're here to do, and commit to the path. And of course, the scarabs are very sacred. Um, these are gold scarabs, very sacred. And the number 16, which is about following our intuition, highly uh, charged this time this card seems to feel like things are really highly charged and uh, kind of my eye keeps going to this part here like this almost like this dragon's tail coming in or a sacred beast coming into the space like breaking apart what has been um, considered kind of relevant to our lives and no longer is Funny you talked about it as a dragon's tail to everybody. It's kind of like, it looks like a lightning strike to me, which is very appropriate because this full moon is in aspect to Uranus, the Lord of lightning bolts. So, <laughs> so, um, and as usual, we have similar colored cards. So <laughs> much the Piscean colorings, right? It is. And I'm wearing my Piscean colored clothes too. I thought, especially for this. But I pulled the hangman, which to my mind is just is the Pisces card anyway, because it um, it's, you know, surrender, uh, release. Um, and and this is and very Piscean altogether. Um, it's one of my favorite cards because it really is surrendering and releasing to um, just letting go of the old patterns and um, moving towards this um I'm going to call it spiritual transformation, but also it's kind of a collective transformation with Pisces as well. Um, it's a, for those that can't see, um, it is a, a figure of, um, of, of a being, <laughs> but it looks like a man, but it doesn't really matter upside down. And he has, um, you know, he has the nails through his hands and feet, the cross uh, of the cross. Um, so it's a very kind of, christ-like um surrendering kind of energy of uh dying for to be reborn kind of thing that's that's the kind of energy i feel of this card we have the snakes of transformation as well and um at the top we have the rays of spirit coming in so it's a it's a very spiritual card i love this card it's it's um quite amazing so and the ankh there's an ankh on the top yes there's an ankh as well do you want to explain what an ankh is i can't remember i'm having a mental block it's the ankh is uh, considered a very sacred um kind of instrument from the uh well it's older than the egyptian age we usually go to egyptian so um it's the female symbol of well we take it as female but it's a symbol of almost like the scepter that brings life forward and has many qualities 
it's kind of like the original cross in a way yeah yeah it's a very powerful um transformative tool Mm -hmm. and of course the snake's often seen as female as well but you know um we all have the kundalini snake energy within each of us so this is is just completely about transforming and as we talk about the the full moon itself we'll we'll see that there is a lot of rebalancing in this of the um divine feminine energies coming in but also um that doesn't mean um that's within every one of us so there we go so and the um yeah yeah the process of being upside down which we all are in a sense right now we're turned upside down we're kind of helpless Mm -hmm. because the systems we have kind of adhered to or collapsing and so we can be scrambling around or kind of trying to unhook ourselves from being upside down or we can just kind of let go and have that experience what does it feel like mm-hmm. be surrendered to who we are in this moment yeah yeah we kind of feel like our cards it's very interesting because if you just hold your card up it's like there's a lot of very you know, there's that similarity of that energy like you had where the ankh and the foot leg goes down. There's this, you know, it's a very masculine energy and yet the surrounding is very feminine. It's yeah. uh, like the, you know, it's the balance of the two the poles, right? So there's a lot of trust involved in both our cards as well. Right. Kind of energy of, uh, yeah, just... Right. Listening, right? I think you... Did you talk about that? Listening. It's oh maybe in our conversation before. This idea of listening to what's next, what's coming, as opposed to I'm gonna just take all the stuff and do something with it. Yeah. Really letting go of preconceived notions. Exactly. And I, I love the quote. In fact, I am going to read that. I wasn't going to, but I'm going to the there's a book that I have with these toss tarot cards. Um, by Anjali Zarian, the um, wonderful um, writer. And she quotes from Alan Cohen. She said, the world would have you agree with its dismal dream of limitation, but the light would have you soar like the eagle of your sacred visions. So that's in both our cards, I think, as well, this kind of sacred vision energy that... um, You know, so we're being invited to just kind of let go of this attachment to holding on to tight to the world. Right. I'm going to read what it says in my book about my card. I just, I don't know, it's called Into the Temple of Truth. Amongst the crystalline waters of strange and change, illusion and false ideals topple as ancient portals command connection to the sacred truth within there you go <laughs> oh so there you go guys we don't need to do any more <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> it kind of feels like this is what this moon is about you know these it really does you know right so to look at to talk about the moon um it is um as i said on september the 2nd six twenty-two a.m uh, universal time which is london time so you can adjust for yourself but i think it's on at that time it should be 
pretty much on the second most places west coast of the u.s and hawaii i think are uh, on september the first but it's generally on september the second it's at 10 degrees and 12 minutes of pisces it's a full moon so it's in opposition so the sun is at 10 degrees and 12 minutes of virgo um, the closest conjunction to the uh, full moon is Ceres at four degrees of Pisces, but the uh, moon is in on almost exact aspect to Uranus in Taurus. And if you remember back, the last full moon was actually square to Uranus. So Uranus, the great awakener, the lord of lightning bolts is um, connected um, over and over again right now. And He's recently stationed retrograde, um, but it's the moon is in what's called a sextile aspect to Uranus. And because it's a full moon, we go from the moon. And I always think of the sextile aspect as an opportunity. So there's that thing I talked about with my card about breaking of old patterns. Um, and I saw a lightning bolt in, in Jen's. Um, she said it was the dragon's tail, but that would fit as well because that's, the south node which is breaking free of the old ways as well so um, it's a very powerful full moon especially with that um, aspect to it pisces virgo i always um, think of the um, the little phrase of practical mysticism it's um, you know bringing this spiritual vision down to earth in a practical useful way in Virgo, in the sun in Virgo. But before we dive into further, we'll also be talking about there's a huge amount of energy in this chart around 24 degrees and an almost exact grand cross or grand square um, between um, Eris and Lilith with Mars close by in Aries, uh, Venus in Cancer, and Juno in Libra and Saturn and Pluto in Capricorn. Um, that's probably going to dominate even more than the full moon, this Grand Cross energy, to be quite honest, because it's also tied into Mercury in Virgo and uh, the nodes. So it's a very powerful um, turning point um, after this full moon that Grand Cross actually starts to separate as well because Venus moves on. So this is a very a peak moment, if you like, at the start of September. So, Jen, what do you have to say about the numbers? Well, first of all, uh, I want to talk about the fact that September is the 13 universal month. So 2 plus 2 plus 9, that gives us 13 which is a four, and remember that the year we're in 2020 is a four. Uh, 13 is the number of resurrection. We've talked about it. It's the number that has been triggered over and over again this year, especially in last year, but we can see more and more this year. It's a highly significant number because it is about the divine feminine. It's about the things that we have been told are bad or evil or wrong or scary, you know, even buildings don't have a number 13 because so unlucky so it's that twisting around of our ideas about being connected to our intuition both our cards and this moon is about our intuition it's the piscean energy the secrets but also the awareness of our depth 
our connection to the divine. Um, so those are highly important just when you think about the 13 not but kind of all over the month. And the idea is about us uh, taking a sacred path, using our expression, our voice, our kind of inner child to awaken the message we're here to deliver or express. And so that means we do need to come to terms with our sacredness and our truth. And we do need to make room for those spaces like the sacred divine, the female and male in new ways, not the way that it's being pushed out of our normal life, but to be welcomed back in. So that's a really huge part. And so this full moon that's happening on the second is highly significant, of course, the dates and the fact that it's two one or two in 2020. So we have more twos. The actual number of this date adds up to a 15, which is the number of alchemy. It's about using our heart. Remember, we moved from the last new moon into was about the heart the leo kind of bursting open our heart the kind of lightning striking our hearts so that we can activate our intuition in a heartfelt manner it's useless without our intuition what's the use of ideas and things if we're not connected to ourselves to the divine to the humanity of who we are so those things are really important and then um so the 20 or the two, two is about reminding us of the polarities of how we choose to, what choices we're making as we go forward. What um, kind of, what is the uh, focus of our life, our life's journey? What are we here to experience? Those underlying truths, those underlying secrets that have been hidden uh, are all being fired up. We're being fired up and we're experiencing fire and storm and all kinds of things not just mentally emotionally spiritually physically on every level we are being awakened and very uncomfortable and 13 is a number that awakens sudden change that is going to force us to create a new structure and the actual date that um moon sun and moon at 10 i think that's so amazing one and zero is the numbers of the universe, the straight line, the encapsulation, the male and female. It couldn't be more um, obvious what the message is, this idea of finding our self-connection through in the mass of where we are. Uh, 10 is the number of uh, instant manifestation. So as we are in this year of increased manifestation, increased power to realize our reality is what we create it's created through the thoughts we have the actions we take and so the 10 reminds us whatever we think about whatever we focus on will be magnified and made real so it's a call to newness because 10 is also well one it's about new beginnings it's about lighting a fire to our new beliefs wonderful yes yeah and you know yeah i can't um i just want to actually talk about the um series being nearby as well though um because we're clearly in the time of covid and major upheaval and major change there's uh, there's an element of this as well as of of feeling major um 
grief in a good way you know it does i don't think mean that more is going to happen we're, we're we're grieving for what we had which is fine which is because even though we know things had to change series does re- represent grief but she also represents and loss but she also represents forgiveness to my mind this is a very um uh, this full moon is really asking us to um to grieve what we've lost the old life and to forgive ourselves and to forgive others you know that we may have kind of clashed with and fallen out with and to move towards this place of wholeness in Virgo and to move towards um, also a place of uh, grief and forgiveness for what we've done to our earth in Taurus where Uranus is and um, and, and you know it's quite clear <laughs> that um, our old systems are breaking down and that it's probably necessary that they do. And this is a very healing uh, full moon in that respect to my mind. Um, if we step into this energy, uh, the breaking of old patterns, the breaking, the uh, breaking of blaming others for what we've done and, being critical of others for what the collective has done. It's a real, it's, it's a real coming together full moon to my mind. And um, the, the gentler aspects to Uranus make it more that way of, of, you know, breaking the pattern of saying it's your fault and the victim mode of Pisces, which is uh, kind of the shadow of the Pisces energy of feeling like it's all been done to you, you know, by somebody else. Well, we've all had our part in it, you know, over the over lifetimes of what's come to this. And it's kind of as it was meant to be. So it's kind of coming to this place of trust, surrender, acceptance that we're we're moving into this new age and we've got to stop this kind of blaming and hammerheading and all that kind of stuff towards uh, moving into the new paradigm. That's how the new, the actual full moon feels like to me. Almost more interesting to me though, is this grand cross that I talked about Um, because it's bringing in the players of the Eris story um, almost imperfect (laughs) kind of, um, interplay now just as a reminder of the myth um eris was the outsider um she was thought to be you know an ugly person and and very kind of mean and dark she's the dark goddess energy and so the gods and goddesses had a wedding and she wasn't invited and so she threw the apple uh, now called the apple of discord because she was the goddess of discord and strife and she threw the apple into the party, saying to the fairest. And now um, Pallas Athena, Aphrodite and um, Hera or Juno all fought over who was the fairest. And it ultimately caused the Trojan War and the fall of Troy. Well, now here we have Eris exactly conjunct Black Moon Lilith who was the original outsider as well, because she was Adam's first wife, who would not submit to Adam. 
and she was either thrown out of um, Eden or left in a huff. And she was also portrayed as, you know, the dark goddess, the succubus and who um, killed babies and all kinds of things like that. So those two are exactly to the minute conjunct at 24 degrees, 24 minutes of um, Aries with Mars um, nearby. So very kind of angry energy, if you like, saying I'm not going to be left out anymore. Um, it's square to Venus or Aphrodite in Cancer, um, almost exactly. Um, these an opposing Juno or Hero in Libra, almost exactly. Pallas Athena is over there in Capricorn. She's kind of hovering on the sidelines a little bit, but they're in square to Saturn and Pluto in Capricorn and it kind of feels to me like um I always I I think and I'm not the only one who thinks this that this that myth or the apple of discord may have been a bit misinterpreted it may have been nothing about who's the prettiest of face it might have been who's the fairest as in people being left out outsiders outcasts the poor you know, all that kind of energy and fairness in terms of equality. And to miss my mind, this powerful grand cross is saying, like, let's all come together and fight against the patriarchal institutions, which have nothing to do with men, and really uh, break them down and let's create something that's more equitable. That's the opportunity of this grand cross to my mind. So quite long there. <laughs> yes, but fascinating. So yes, absolutely. I wanted to mention about series before I talk about the other stuff. But series to me, what's so interesting is first of all, she was one of the major players in terms of a, a female style role, or in terms of um, the crops, the land, the the way we get to use the land and interact with the land is through growth, growing crops, uh, doing things. And uh, she was the one who, whose daughter went down into or was kidnapped and went into the underground. So she holds the key to the crops and she is, uh, or to how we feed ourselves. And I think this is really interesting if you think about in terms of being right by the moon and this idea of manifesting or manifesting what we believe in and how we feed those stories and how we feed our bodies. Because one of the uh, weaknesses of our system is the fact that so many have been left hungry. We haven't just been left hungry because we haven't had the right food. I mean, there's lots, I'm not talking about me personally, but there's a lot of people that are starving or get to eat uh, terrible manufactured food made out of sugar that doesn't help them right and so through the ages uh, talk about unfairness a way of controlling people is through their stomachs right mm -hmm. we can be as smart as our stomachs are fed and so that impacts our mind impacts our choices uh, and and it can lead to lack. Like when we are in fear, when we think about competitiveness, which is the story you're talking about, Lou, in terms of 
people fighting over who's the best, the fairest, the most decent or whatever, what rules are the most uh, acceptable, um, is thinking about how when you treat people differently through their stomachs, when you put people to a side because of their beliefs, their actions, etc., um, then you create discord. Right, which is what this is all about as our system, the polarization or the systematic continuity of I'm right, you're wrong, I'm great, you're not, I'm rich, you're poor, all of those things that actually distract us from being in truth with who we are because that's all this is. This is all about control through the ages. All these stories, all these things that have happened have been about uh, making us believe we're not enough, which is, again, that's our food, right? That's the story we're playing out in the world. I'm not enough. I don't have what I need. I better hang on to my possessions. I've got to fight them away from other people. I've got to possess this property, this land, this food, etc. And that's the weak link. And she is at four degrees. So our illusions around what we think is necessary in order to feed us, our feed our souls, our body, our lives, our education, our minds, etc., is saying we have to be really strong and disciplined about how we create something new, how we are not being distracted by the story. Uh, so I think that's a really important factor here when we're looking at also a hugely influential female figure uh, and remembering how the females have been ostracized. Like all these stories about these goddesses, etc. they're always about the goddesses being, you know, these terrible, um, they're either they're extremely cruel or they, um, what are they doing there? drawing people in like mermaids and, you know, making them do things they don't want to do. It's all... Well, they were minimized, you know, just right. as very important when they were actually very important figures originally. Right. And they made, like, they've lost, they had originally, it was the woman who were the priestesses, the high priestesses that everyone went to for permission. Eventually they got all killed off. That's the snakes. The whole energy of the snakes was the female energy. They were all killed off by the church, basically, and people in power, like, oh, let's just keep it all between us uh, and set a certain tone. Uh, so, yeah, I think that it makes me think about that song everyone's talking about, which is those two women that I forget, apparently very well known. Cardi B. and Yeah, that's it with the pussy thing. Yeah. And uh, so it's really interesting because, I mean, I don't watch that stuff, but I went to watch just because I wanted to know what it was like. And I found it so, you know, I know people talk about this is empowering women. Like, and in a sense, yes, you're being empowered through your sexuality and that's a good way. But to me, I just found it, you know what? I thought it was like, wow, this is just another um, kind of, patriarchal mismanagement so we think we're free right oh yeah look but then the whole framework is so patriarchal it's all set up for a man's pleasure it's all set up to continue the illusion like oh yes and then i thought it was like you know you know it's these women in these secret rooms doing all this thing you know talking about like, oh, how much i want you know i'm allowed to say the word you know the penis thing i suppose i'm allowed to say that but anyway you know it's like uh, it's 
so ridiculous. Like that's a man's wet dream. What has that got to do with women's empowerment? It's just like, like in man's hip hop video done by women, but that's really, yeah. bullshit. Total bullshit. And um and and then at the end they kind of sneak away. I'm like, okay. Like how does this show you empowered? I haven't even watched it. Russell Brand did an interesting video about it. Right. I actually enjoyed what he said. Uh, He actually had some really good points. Like that it's just how are you free when you're, you're creating your thing, your freedom inside an artificial um, container. I don't know. Those weren't exactly his words. I'm paraphrasing. But creating it within the patriarchal constructs really and he was talking about you know how and it's something i've long said about feminism as well you know like a lot of it is about trying to fit into the man's world be accepted in in a patriarchal structure it's like you can do that i can do it too it's like who cares like the point is for me, when I look at this moon and I look at the time we're in, it's like we have to be courageous. We have to go beyond. We have to be like Eris and Lilith and go, I'm not following your rules. Right. Move that shit out of my sight. Get away. Sorry, I hope I'm, I'm like, I don't know if I'm allowed to say all these words. Anyway, I'm saying them. So. I just have to put a warning on. Uh, okay. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. But... You know, it's um, to me, that's the thing that the illusion that we all have, and that's the Piscean thing, the illusion that if I just behave within this structure, I'll be okay, I'll be safe. No one will stop me from expressing myself. But who cares about that structure? Because that's the structure we have to break down. Because as long as we're playing to it, it's going to control us. And those people are going to, you know, when they come along with their orders and they tell us what to do, people are going to follow them. You know, like this whole thing with these conspiracy theorists. Like I, I'm like, they're, they were really upsetting me because I feel like they're slowing us down. Like, stop this. They're slowing us down. We can't move forward. And I had to ask the Akashic Masters, what is this about? And what's going on? Like, I'm so irritated. And they're like, well, what do you think uh, the world is about? You know, what do you think the purpose is of people being here? And I'm like, to express themselves. And then they're like, well, they're just expressing themselves. I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, just realizing that I had this, uh, what do you call that, that thing when you suddenly have a moment where something comes through. Uh, download. <laughs> something, uh, yeah, something like that. Okay, download. But um, one of those eureka moments. And mm. I was talking to somebody and thinking, well, what if all these people that have these um, conspiracy theories, the reason why they're hooking into conspiracy theories is because they don't know what to do. Like people like you and I, Lou, we're very curious and we've never really followed the rules. But for people who've usually followed the rules, it must be pretty terrifying seeing all of this stuff collapsing and like, oh, I don't have an opinion because I don't have somebody telling me what to do. Oh, here's somebody with an opinion. Okay. And they really strict about it. I'm going to glom onto it. Right. So it kind of makes sense. So you think about like that, like, oh, I don't know how to think for myself. So I'm going to find somebody who's very opinionated because usually people like us, we're opinionated, but we're not opinionated in the sense of trying to make other people 
agree with us. And they're used to, that's the patriarchy. Like there is only one opinion. Everyone will be punished unless we have one opinion. And so I think that's the illusion, the illusion that there is one opinion, the illusion that, you know, those stories that we have, that we're looking at, like that's really what was happening. We know because women are bad and, you know, men are good and, you know, all of that stuff. So I think that to me is the biggest shake up and wake up is that we have to realize it's all a bunch of lies, right? It's all a construct. And okay, if we can do and create whatever we want to create, then what are we choosing to do and create, right? What responsibility are we taking? And, you know, another another angle on on this grand cross as well is that, um, you know, if you go back, um, aeons <laughs> uh, to the original myths you know like the roman pantheon of gods was called the Dei consenti and it was six males six females and it was a circular kind of ruling and uh, juno or hero in greece had equal power to zeus or jupiter the, they were all paired up all these gods and goddesses you know and um and Aphrodite or Venus was was um, equally powerful as well. And Ceres was a really powerful um, goddess who was about uh, the grain, the harvest, natural cycles of um, nature and life and death. And they've all been minimized along with controlling the actual um, natural cycles of life and death. You know, um, uh, one of my favorite writers is Stephen Jenkinson, who wrote Die Wise. And he talks about, you know, in the book, he really starts by talking about what will people do for more time? We're just trying to cheat death all the time, whereas it's possible. <laughs> you know, and also with the land and the growing, you know, we but we eat everything out of season. We don't. Right. We've lost the connection. And I think all this. It's, it's, it comes down to all levels, male, female, male, female within us, the land, what we eat. It comes down to everything being or we're being given the opportunity to bring it all back into balance. And even the COVID thing, you know, some of the conspiracy theorists, you know, who go on about Bill Gates and things are going, well, you just need to take your vitamins and <laughs> and get your sunshine and, and all that. and but they have a point in a way it's because we have lost this kind of natural health thing. So they, they always have a point underneath all that, you know, we have lost this ability to look at health, you know, instead of treating the symptoms. Um, Right. But also being in rhythm with the rhythm of the earth. What you're saying is this idea of, you know, eating in season, digesting what there is, sharing the bounty, being wise about how we uh, uh, interact with the land. Like not all land should be used for more and more buildings and stuff. Um, you know, and water, you know, we shouldn't be bottling water and drinking out of plastic bottles. But then that's all business, right? And that's yeah. the illusion, right? The illusion that, you know, water's not safe or using natural things isn't safe it's it's uh, you know it's the illusion that's been given to us even you think about how um 
you know, a lot of vitamins, et cetera, like here in the States, they have the FDA, which kind of looks at things and says what's safe and what isn't. And there's so much controversy around that because they don't really say that about like, you know, you can, you can have vitamins, but you're not allowed to say it has any properties, but then you can bring some weird medicine that's killed people through the trials and you can say it does all this stuff. And, you know, it's that what's the illusion, what's real. And again, listening to some expert who's, you know, another, you know, it's the Oz concept, right? Behind the curtain, you have the um, feudal guys in the underwear. I don't know. There was this great movie I watched uh, about this guy. I think it was a French movie. I don't know. It was an Amazon or something. I think so. Don't remember the name, but it's about this guy who's God. And he's like sitting in his underwear in this room, like in this awful little room with a computer and doing all these crazy things just to amuse himself, right? And um, and so it really is this idea that what's the illusion and what's real? And the only way we can find out is by actually traversing through, like having all these crazy things happening that are peeling away layer after layer. Oh, there's another illusion. That's another illusion. But it's not enough to recognize their illusions. We also have to recognize the path, like the thing we're connected to. And the only thing that is solid is our connection to the universe, our connection to our spirit, the awareness of our physical body, the earth. Those are the real things. And everything else is just a little play. It's a little thing. Um, so yeah yeah (laughs) oh so what would you say about the fact that uh, I know you've talked about six before but I think it's really um when we looked at the degrees with Eris and Lilith conjunct exactly at 24 24 that's just twos there there's the four again there's two sixes there's well, four sixes. <laughs> yeah, so we have a lot of two, four, six. Um, so yeah. uh, repeating. Uh, so the thing that's so interesting about the 24, and of course, remember I said that the day is a 15, so it's also the uh, universal date is a 15, so it's a six mm-hmm. as well, is the six is our kind of connection point, our human connection point. Mm-hmm. Because... Um, Certainly in the tarot and in ancient uh, kind of stories, the Hirogamas, the, the six, the card six, which is about the, the marriage between our two sides, the marriage between kind of what you were talking about, the, in terms of coming to terms with our um, intuitive side, which we call the female, and then the external, which is the action, which is the male. So that is a wholeness, right? And I was even thinking about the fact that when you were talking about the stories is that when you said that we've misinterpreted, I was just thinking about or probably getting the message from the masters is that the um, the male-female stories, the way we've interpreted is, is that we've given them like certain characteristics, this is bad, this is good, instead of the whole story, which is kind of 
this happens and you see then this happens, right? There's kind of a, when you kind of step back, you can see a whole different story that's actually happening that is about when we make certain choices, these are the like the results of those choices, right? Mm -hmm. And so we are living the results. And um, so with the six, when you think about that marriage or you think about the coming together of our intuitive self, the holiness of being who we are, and connecting to the fact that we can physicalize our world, that's the six. So the six is um, so much of love because it's a, a, you know, it's the one and the zero. So it's the 10 coming together mm. as a pregnant figure. Uh, so kind of pregnant giving, what are we giving birth to? What, you know, and it's so much about love. It's an emotional number. It's about understanding the balance of who we are, not just like two is coming, like, where am I? But six is in, in community, in community with our loved ones, with our inner balance, with our um, communities, our families, our homes. It's all of those things. It's a very abundant number. So it's a kind of a crossover number in that sense. And 24 is kind of that number which gives us like it's – we are in balance, in true balance. That's the 24, where we, we understand the power of our love and how we can create and not just create, but that thing with series, which is um, nurture, right? We can nurture our, um, our beingness, which is kind of what you were talking about in terms of forgiveness, gratitude, etc. All of those things, the grace of our human characteristics, the grace of feeling our emotions and being at peace with other people having other opinions. That's very much, you know, kind of the point of the six. I also want to point out that this this grand cross is in cardinal signs, which are Aries, Cancer, Libra, Capricorn. And, and cardinal signs are the first sign in each quadrant of the of the chart and they're initiating signs but I also think they are our identity signs I always think of Aries as uh, kind of the I am and Cancer who am I in family in relationships and Libra who am I in um in relationship to more people than the immediate family and then Capricorn who am I in relation to society the world so this grand cross is is just changing so much it's been active on and off you know we had the Uranus Pluto square in um, Aries and Capricorn going on from I think it was 2011 to 2015 ish around that time um our our actual identities are shifting um in relation to who we feel we are in relation to who we are as in within families what the family means what greater society means what equality means and what our institutions mean and the public and how that must represent our changing identity now if you have any planets around 24 degrees of the cardinal signs Again, Aries, Cancer, Libra, Capricorn, you are being um, personally transformed greatly by this. 
But we also, it's also tied in with aspects to the nodes. They're at 26 degrees in this chart. Mercury, um, they're at 26 degrees of Sagittarius and Gemini, just to, because uh, not everybody remembers where everything is. Um, also, Mercury is at 24 degrees of Virgo. So Mercury is tied into all of this. So that brings in the mutable signs as well, bringing change. And I did want to mention Haumea, the, the dwarf planet Haumea, because she doesn't show up on this software that I use. So, But I happen to know that she's still at 25 degrees Libra with um, um, exact, almost exactly conjunct to the asteroid Juno in this chart. And she's the planet of fertility and birth. Um, and represents that so this is this is massive to be quite honest this grand cross we are birthing and um destroying the old situ um, institutions and birthing the new in major major ways with this grand cross i do think the covid the virus is a part of it um because hygiene is um also involved and she's global health um, she's over there with um, Venus in Cancer um, in this. So the virus itself is changing who we are in the world and our identities. Um, I just cannot emphasize how huge this is and what a big opportunity it is to step forward in, in really major new ways in um, our personal identities and how we relate to each other and the institutions we create in the world it's it, it's um probably that this month and the next few weeks are a time even more than um the conjunction from january where saturn pluto were conjunct that kind of started it this is bringing the real change um to my mind <laughs> yeah i think you're absolutely right i was just thinking or hearing about the fact that um what is actually happening in this grand cross is kind of a crossing over. I know we've talked about it, but a crossing over of the rigidity. So as the, the kind of tension that uh, we might look at that Saturn has represented to us or the roles that, you know, many of those stories have played or played on us, like keeping a certain structure in place, uh, as that is being battered and broken down through persistent resistance, mm -hmm. you know, we're moving into that mutable energy. And what's so important here, again, is when you understand that everything is breaking down and therefore it is the most important time to take a stand for what you believe in. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it, it, you just cannot give up. You just cannot sit down and say, I'm sitting this one out. Yeah. On whatever level that is open to you, you must stand for something, for your own enlightenment, for your own connection to the divine, for your own peace of whatever it is in the world. Because the truth is you're standing in the world or you're, you, how you show up in the world uh, what your family, the connection with your family, all those things Lou was talking about, none of that matters if you don't know who you are. And the only way you can know who you are is by 
taking a stand about something. And that stand or setting that boundary, which is what all of the two energy is about. It's about recognizing I have boundaries within me. That means my belief system. That means the actions I'm willing to take, the words I'm willing to do. Who am I willing to stand up for? What am I willing to speak out about? Uh, On whatever level matters, because if you don't do that, it's like in the mutability, your power is taken away and somebody can hook into that or people, that's what they do. That's the whole point of these conspiracy theories as an example to us is that you just glom on someone else's thing. Like some of the things that they're saying are probably true, right? But when you just glom on instead of saying, oh, that's interesting, tell me more. I'm curious. I want to know more. But hey, no hands off around that. I don't believe that, you know, that's the that's the juicy part of how we grow. We grow through our curiosity. We grow by understanding of our capacity to love and to feel that this is this thing that we're building is so beautiful and so worth the effort that I'm going to swallow my anger or I'm going to maybe swallow anger is not the right expression, but I'm kind of going to change the way. I'm going to mutate the way I express my anger and put it towards something you know i'm going to filter it so it's not just yelling screaming going you're wrong i'm right that it's more like this is who i want to be and and coming back again this is who i want to be and this is who i want to be it's like yeah okay let me just see i'm going to try this does this work tell me the answers if people aren't willing to even tell us why they're thinking the way they're thinking or why they're coming up with or why they have the solution then are they worth following right because to me the most powerful thing of any leader is their willingness to grow and to ask, to answer questions, right? We should all be listening and asking questions because we can't be good listeners if we're not asking right, right questions, right? We're just listening to people. Who are we listening to, right? These things are so important as we grow from a breaking apart and needing to find ground, that connects us to our existence and talking of of the anger um it's interesting that mars in aries is really our aggression our will our anger our forcing uh, energy and uh, mars is um stationing retrograde um in a rare retrograde in his own sign in aries um a week after <laughs> after this full moon so he's stations um on september the 9th um interesting as well and i i hadn't actually noticed it before and and i don't know why but uh, we mentioned that this full moon is in aspect to uranus in taurus but it's also in aspect to Pallas athena in capricorn and and um both those energies Pallas athena and uranus are associated with aquarius uh, Uranus is uh, the modern ruler of Aquarius, and we are moving into the age of Aquarius. Pallas Athena is very associated with Aquarius. I don't know if I'd call it rulership, but they're both um, strategists and creators of new patterns. They're both very inventive. They're both um, very innovative is another word um, that could be used. And these two are actually forming uh, what a kite formation with the um with the full moon which um kind of means that we've got an earthly grand trine between uranus palace athena and the sun 
and the outlet is to that moon in Pisces. And that's a very healing aspect, to be quite honest. So, I, you know, I was like, why is Pallas Athena? What's her role in this? I kind of think we're being given the opportunity to, I mentioned it at the start of my card, to break free of old patterns, but not only breaking free of old patterns, to start to create the new patterns. Yeah. What do we want, you know, our new I mean, there's always going to be some form of um, institutions, let's face it. So We need some kind of governance. We're not so, going to be able to operate without governance. We'll just be a bunch of crazy people or yeah. arguing. I've got, a friend, I've got a friend who's always talking about direct democracy. In other words, the people vote on every single thing. Well, how's that going to work with millions? That's never going to happen. <laughs> Nothing will get done. Right. <laughs> we have, that's another illusion. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. what I was, yeah, sorry. No, I was just, so you know, yeah. we're, we're, we're being asked to, or given the opportunity to really reimagine or reinvent what we want this to look like. I've written about it before, about how I pictured like, you know, uh, circles of people, circles within circles, kind of circle, going down to circles, to circles, to circles. Right. That's the ancient way is to be in circle with one another, to yeah. work together in tribe is to have elders that take turns, but you still need leadership. What I was thinking about that's so fascinating when you were talking about Pallas Athena and Uranus is what they represent, kind of what I hear, what they represent is this idea of a different kind of leadership. They're not afraid to work with others. However, they're not controlled by others. So their leadership is very independent. Mm -hmm. And that's definitely something we all need to look at. Now, that doesn't mean we don't work with other people. We don't, collaboration is a good thing, but we want to collaborate from a place of truth. We want to kind of represent what they represent, which is, this is my truth. Yes, the collective might think this, this is my truth and I'm not going to give it up because it's convenient. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of as we create, because we are in the time of creation and what we're creating right now, we do through doing, right? Yeah. That's the beauty. Like we have to take action. We can't just create things in our head. Oh, this is a great idea. It's not mm-hmm. going to do anything, right? We actually have to go out and do things. We have to watch the words we're using, the way we think, what are we putting energy towards? Um, I think certainly in the past, and hopefully this will change. So many of us are used to um, focusing on a negative, like that's our pattern, right? Oh, I knew the shit things were going to happen. Oh, watch. It's just going to turn to shit. Like those are the kinds of things we say to ourselves it's it's almost like that's our safety valve. Yes, I want it to turn to shit. Not that we consciously want to, but almost like unconsciously. We want it to go there because then we can be right. Then we can feel safe in our rightness. But that stuff is messing up our lives. So we want to be like, how do I train myself so I actually want the good, even if I'm wrong? Mm-hmm. I want the that amazing outcome. And to me, that's what... Uranus and Pallas Athena represent is they hold that space, you know, like good generals. It's you, you hold the space for the truth. You know, when you look at leaders that we look up to, and those are the people that hold space for good things to happen, yeah. not bad things, because they don't care if they're right. But 
it's much better to be right about good things and, and create that through our imagination and our words, because we do create our reality. Right? We taught this is what this is about. It's that moment between Pisces, Pisces, Pisces and, and Aquarius, where we're in this space, where we're, the one is handing over um, what the scepter or the ankh to the other, right? Yeah. And so what does that look like? How do we stumble and, and crawl through this experience and be delighted because we're, we're having these awful experiences, but we're having experiences. We're alive. We get to hold a vision that's so powerful. To be clear, we're talking about the procession of the ages there. We're moving out of the age of Pisces into the age of Aquarius because the ages move backwards. <laughs> so... <laughs> Like the nodes, right? Yes. Like yeah. Nodes. Exactly. And, and I think what's also interesting is the nodes are kind of giving us that point of like no return in a sense, nodal return, is so funny, towards <laughs> where we're going, what we're draining. And the 26th uh, of Sag, which is the um, the... <laughs> What conjunct the galactic center is that right? Exactly, that's exactly what I was going to say. So it's it's just moving off it for this, but it's still on it. So yeah, because it's a big right. So it's interesting, and it's an eight. So it gives us the strength to you know move into where we need to. I, I just think this this setup or this play that's happening. If we think about each this full moon as a play and a moment in time, is that all the players are handing us these, uh, you know, they're giving us the seeds, but until we take the action, nothing changes. Like, you know, it's like watching a movie. If you just see what you need to do, but you don't do it, then it's kind of like the moment is gone. Right. Absolutely. And uh, that's why I keep calling it an opportunity because, you know, I mean, there are certain things that, you know, this is so powerful. Certain things are going to change anyway. Uh, And like Jen and I have talked about a lot, you know, they're all players in the game of this changing society. You know, Donald Trump, his role really is to um, show us our collective shadow in our face so that we can go, we don't want any more of that. Thank you very much. (laughs) Right, but it takes action. Some people right? see them differently, so that's... <laughs> At the end, it takes action, regardless yeah. of whether you're yeah. for or against. Because uh, I see, you know, it's interesting to see how, you know, on the left we have, you know, in, certainly you know, in the States and I'm sure in other countries, we have these women rising, like, you know, we have AOC and these different people rising. But now even on the right, you know, we see females rising that are, you know, very much into conspiracies and, you know, very anti, you know, all kinds of things. Uh, so it's, you know, again, we're seeing that stretching out of, you know, the polarization and the opportunity. This is a fabric. What are we doing with the fabric? So again, I think comes back to that idea, are we focused on the negative, what can go wrong? Or we are like, here's an opportunity. This is the great soup. Everything is in here where do I want to kind of go forward? What do I want to do? Uh, 
remembering they're holding out the pillars or the, you know, the placards that we don't need to, you know, it's kind of like a marketplace. Like somebody's going here, this way, or, you know, democracy, or, you know, we hate everyone or whatever. And then you kind of go, no, come on, I'm going to the store, you know, kind of the one in the middle. And uh, for me, what I think is so exciting is like, even like, you know, of course I talk about the U.S. because this is where I live, but um, the postal kind of thing right? oh. the whole postal thing um seeing that it's it's kind of incredible to see you know the patriarchy kind of declaring you know trump is the patriarchy i'm gonna you know i don't like the the mail it's impacting me i'm gonna move all those mailbox i'm gonna put somebody in charge and then you know it, then people kind of going wait the mail all of us can get behind something like the mail <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, don't take our right because everyone's impacted by the mail. Like, and so it's like, it's so interesting to see. Yes, actually. Wow. They did make a difference, right? Yeah. Yes. I was going, what? That's not going to do anything. Protests don't do anything. And yet. Yeah. It did stop it. It stopped the destruction of USPS for now. <laughs> but it, you know, it doesn't, you know, the point is it doesn't matter. We can't get hooked into that like how it's morphing or changing. What we can get hooked into is the fact that our choices make a difference. Mm -hmm. Our actions make a difference. How it all turns out, we don't know. It's like that tale, you know, that good, is it good? Is it bad? We don't know, right? It's, it doesn't matter. It's like, and I think that's the key to me is just letting all those things just be what they are and not trying to, hold them in place right but certainly the structure which is how are we treated and how we treat each other and what we think about you know our intuition and not calling it names that we can go you know like something weird that we shouldn't do like our intuition oh that's a terrible thing like oh get away from me creepy weird right it's just like, no, it's it's options, right? We should not be hiding who we are because that's going to make other people uncomfortable. Oh, right? sure, yeah. But uh, the same on the other way, though, you know, the science is being, um, um, you know, oh, you don't, you don't have any intuition, you don't have any gut feelings and things like that. I see people attacking science now. We need both. We need, it's like the, we need the right, the left brains, if that really is a thing we need. <laughs> Somebody was telling me that there's a group of scientists that are sidestepping the kind of political stuff and they're getting together to share information. And I actually believe... Uh, scientists whether they know it or not are highly intuitive they are. It's, just, you know, it's just a matter of living through your heart right when yeah. you make decisions that are heart-based not just oh i have an, i can experiment with people and i can experiment with animals because it feels you know oh it's a new idea right yeah yeah, yeah. for sure okay so shall we do the symbols or do we have anything else to say about this i did want to mention before we do them that Palace Athena stations direct three days after this full moon on September the 5th. So we do have Mars stationing retrograde, but we have one in, one out, if you like, a retrograde. And then after that, Jupiter stations direct on September the 12th. 
So things are going to start, even though we have Mars retrograde coming up, we are moving towards the end of this major retrograde season that we've had this um, this summer. So uh, I just wanted to add that in. No, I think that's important. And maybe to just talk a little bit about the, I'd like to chat a little bit about the Mars retrograde. Um, I do believe it's going retrograde at 29 so 29 degrees 27 no 28 oh we were both wrong in the middle 28 i couldn't remember it was 28 or 29 28 so, eight minutes actually okay so 28 degrees how many minutes 28 eight. Eight. 28 eight okay so 28 degrees you know that is one of those um uh, what do they call them like key degrees that activates us, but it's also a one, right? Mm -hmm. So just thinking about 28 is the number that forces us to trust ourselves instead of others. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I also think to me, a lot of the whole Martian thing is so misaligned where people always talk about Mars as being this warrior that destroys everything. Um, it really is our passion, our libido, our the thing that wakes us up. Yes, it's the fire starter. So when it goes into retrograde and it's going into retrograde in its own sign, in the sign of new beginnings, mm -hmm. we know a new fire is being lit. And to me, this is the time to really honor that fire. Fire is such a sacred part of our, you know, growth and our birth we've just been talking about birthing and holding you know giving birth like when you're pregnant and you you know you eat the right foods you do all these things you sleep because your body takes over but the part that they never tell you about it's like when you get married they always talk about the wedding but they never talk about what happens afterwards when your baby is born when you're married there's nothing like them like the fairy books the story books it's yeah. awful right there, it's just like it's it's kind of terrifying because you don't know you've got this thing you feel clumsy you don't know how to do it it's it's just like I had no idea it was so hard to um, you know change my whole life because now I have a, a living being that I have to take care of and and I think this time with Mars is understanding our emotion and our anger the thing that we've they've we have a lot of anger that we haven't processed because we've been told to shut up for so long and to but behave I, a certain way I also, I also think particularly as a woman we've been told that being angry is wrong so i think this mars retrograde is changing how we feel about anger because anger can be very um empowering you know right. It's where it's directed. That's and healing. But the point is, this is it. We have to, it's up to us to use the fire, right? We can use fire to burn down buildings and, and things, but we can use fire to warm people mm -hmm. and to read by the dog. So it's like, how are we yeah, using it? Well, Mars, 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 inspire. Mars in Aries is inspiration too. It's it's oh, yeah. your inspiration. It's like yeah. Right. So even though it's you know, so it's understanding. Like mm -hmm. it will make us more fiery. How are we using? How are we tending the fire that's burning within us? I think it's this fire is here to make us aware that we need to uh, kind of 
what's the word, not in real terms, but we want to set fire to our illusions and this idea that we're trapped, that we can't do. Somebody else is stopping us from doing what we want. No, it's we can't of, do it. Huh? Kind of the Phoenix energy and the Mars retrograde purely in Aries. So Mars, Mars last went retrograde in Aries in 1988 but it retrograded back into Pisces. So it wasn't all in Aries like this one. Uh, the last time it fully retrograded in Aries was 1941, just before Pearl Harbor. But um, but then again, we didn't have it aspecting all these other things as well. This Mars retrograde is unlike a Mars retrograde ever, probably. And um, I think it's massively important for all the things Jen said about um, really relearning our Mars energy. Because, you know, we, we, Jen and I have all talked about how the female archetypes have been portrayed negatively. So has the male archetypes a lot of the time. <laughs> you know, <laughs> an, an awful lot of the time, you know, they've not been allowed to have their softer side. They've been angry. They've been mean. They've been meh, all those kind of things. Right. How about we rewrite all of them? <laughs> right. You know, that's the thing is like putting the blame. I think, too, it's also putting the blame on the external is what we tend to do and what we've been conditioned to do. Mm -hmm. like, I feel controlled. I'm a victim. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not saying that people don't actually have circumstances where they are oh. people that are controlling. Them. We're talking collectively, I think. Right. Really. Right. Yeah. Uh, but I do think that a lot has to do with how we believe that we are stuck, mm -hmm. right? That somebody does have power over us. I just saw, I think it was on, on Instagram, just scrolling through that um, what was there, fam some famous singer. She's very famous. I think she uh, she hasn't followed the rules. Like they always talking about her because she just doesn't follow the rules. She has like one name. She's English. Anyway, she had posted. She read a book by somebody, and she never even realized. And this is, I think, this is so true. I just never realized that she had power over her own thoughts and can do what she wanted. Like you know, and that's co collectively is really the truth. And it's like, wow, yes, this is how we think. Like oh, you mean I can just walk away from this? I don't have to be controlled by somebody else's idea that I need to be punished. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's harder. But just knowing that that's not what life is about, that that relationship you have or that entanglement you have with someone or something is not real, right? It's real because you are in agreement with it. But when you go, well, wait a minute, I don't actually care about what this person does or thinks. I'm just going to move away. Right? And I get this a lot in my clients because this is the work that I work with in the Kashuk Records is you know, mm -hmm. dissolving a lot of these entanglements. And um, yeah, to me, that's the, this is the sacred work. And that's where we can light a fire to our old beliefs that somehow somebody else has control over us. Because if we're connected to the divine... <laughs> I'm dying to know who the singer is now. Adele? Oh my God, I, yes, Adele, that's it. Yes. I knew you were going to go off and try to think about it. Me, I'm like, but it's Adele, exactly. I really admire her, not only yeah, because she has an amazing voice, but because she has lived her truth. Mm -hmm. 
yeah she has yeah she has not when people said oh if you're famous and you're a singer then you your whole life is out there she has just done whatever she's wanted to do mm-hmm. and that to me is an example of how we get to be you know that to me is the palace athena it's the uranus energy it's mm-hmm. what we do to be who we are to be that amazing singer and to live our private life and yeah other people dictate how it is that's such bullshit (laughs) no she is a good role model she doesn't and and the thing is she creates controversy and that's so interesting people are always picking her out and she just keeps doing what she does and like i don't care i don't care if i look foolish i don't care if you say bad things about me you don't you're not controlling my life right you can all learn from Yes, we could. <laughs> anyway, we should do the symbols. Can we go? Yes. So you you, um, you do yours this time. Okay. So at 11 degrees Pisces, men traveling a narrow path seeking illumination. A woman traveling a narrow path seeking illumination. People. (laughs) People, thank you. I couldn't think of what it was. Like, yeah, people. The keynote is the capacity inherent in every individual to seek, at whatever cost, entrance to a transcendent realm of reality. Wow, that's just what we've been talking about. Mm -hmm. This refers to the ancient and eternal symbol of the path of discipleship. The greatness of people is that they can always be greater and the belief deeply rooted in everyone's inner nature is that if they fulfill the the necessary conditions, we can find elders who will have already attained a higher level of consciousness and will transfer the attainment and light to each individual. The path is always open to the pure in heart, the mentally aware, the conqueror of emotions and the spiritually self-mobilized. So this opens up a new level of consciousness. People are always in the making and remaking. They can always go further, reach beyond. But every person has to take the first step. Someone can show us the path that individually only alone can we do the walking. Thus the Zen injunction walk on. Mm. I love that. Yeah, powerful. Yeah, and that kind of to me is is that Pisces Virgo um opposition. That's kind of what it always means to me. It's kind of like the Virgo is one who is whole unto themselves, but they're bringing that um, spirit down to earth in a useful way. And only we can actually take that. Right. Actualize. Yeah. Right. We yeah. can only actualize by doing. Yeah. It doesn't mean we don't have elders as that, as it said. Yeah. No, I mean, we do look to role models and yeah. we look to a role model. The thing is not to get hooked into a role model forever, but only have a role model for as long as we need. Like, oh, what are they doing? Oh, they're doing, okay, let me follow. And then we say, oh, do I need another role model or does that same one work? And move out of the idolatry thing too. The elder might be guiding you, 
but you to you know these old the old ancient things against idolatry they have a real point you know when <laughs> sure. i mean it's like coaching you know now we talk about it in terms of coaching like a good coach can't do and won't do the things for you they will advise you and encourage you and they'll help you understand your strengths and weaknesses but they will not do the path for you and they cannot right no one can change you only or you. our presidents or our prime ministers or anybody right. doesn't matter who doesn't matter how great they are how ascended they are or michelle obama i'm sorry i i like michelle obama i think she's a wonderful woman mm-hmm. but the idolatry of her speech at this yes yeah just like oh, oh michelle obama oh that's so funny i couldn't hear the name it was like Angel, a little uh, something. Yeah, right. right. Now I know who you mean. Yes, I agree with you. She's yeah. an amazing human being. Uh, she's a wonderful role model, but she's not an idol. And we have to stop getting hooked into idolizing. To me, that's the whole point of this noon, right? Yeah. Is this the Piscean illusion about what happens when you idolize and the. Um, as you were saying, unto yourself, the Virgoan energy of I have to to do my own work. I have to go through the whatever it is, the suffering, the the challenge, the hardship, because you know the fire. I have to go through the um, what do they call that when you are or the hero's journey when you're burnt. You know. So stop, stop calling for a, a Michelle Obama to be president. All right. <laughs> She doesn't. She doesn't want to be. She's always said she doesn't want to be. She's not your savior. <laughs> no one can save you. We can have good leadership, but we can't expect them to be idols. Like the idea that somebody is so uh, great that they can be everything, and then once they're there and they disappoint us, then we're angry. It's like no, no human being has. Yeah is is you know doesn't have uh human things that we're not gonna we're gonna like and we're not gonna like right anyway my symbol <laughs> a high crumbling wall it is part of a ruin and covered with ivy power is stored in the earth at primal quickening points often in these places humanity erects monuments to its own folly Eventually, these merge into the landscape and everything comments upon everything else. Being held between the Earth's wise presence and humanity's dim apprehension of what is really involved here. One side of the feeling nature is so intuitive and psychically astute that you are harbouring advanced gifts that can serve Earth evolution in staggering ways. Another side of the feeling nature is contorted with reactions, judgments and condemnations of the collective trends of humanity and of the weakness of the human flesh. These objections and rejections of the human scene rebound upon the self and poison the psychic faculties. It is only when you heal and forgive and renounce the minor key irritable voice inside and out that the flood tide of burgeoning awareness of what is arising in this earth 
with all its ripples can wipe away the false structures and foster the new birth, the tuned in and blessings, focused outlook and inlook. I mean, that kind of sums up as everything we've been talking about as well, how we idolize certain things and how we control certain things rather than being in this alignment and realizing that, um, you know, our human idolatry and control and all those things is just not serving ourselves, really. There is no one quick fix. There is no one person that can fix everything. It's like we have to do our part. Bottom line, we can't get away from it. Yeah. (laughs) And hopefully we can do it well enough for ourselves that we can do it with others, right? Exactly. Collectively. So I think we've gone way long today. So Jen, how can people find you? (laughs) (laughs) You can find me on my website, jenduchen.com, J-E-N-D-U-C-H-E-N-E. I also have a YouTube channel, which thinks under Jen Duchen Illuminate 8, something like that, where I post weekly videos. Um, I have a membership and I'm launching a new uh, invitation very soon for a new membership, the Cocoon. So I'm very excited about that. Um, and my cards are available on my website. I'm on Facebook. I have a group. We belong here. I'm on Instagram. Yes, I think. Yeah. And if you're interested in readings or anything, they're all available on my website or you can reach out to me. Cool. So um, Louise Eddington, louiseeddington.com, L-O-U-I-S-E-E-D-I-N-G-T-O-N. <laughs> My business name is Cosmic Owl Astrology. I have Instagram under that name, YouTube under that name, um, um, Facebook page under that name. I also have a group, the Cosmic Owl Astrology Cafe. So if you search that, you'll find everything. Uh, My two books are available through my website, as always, to work with me also. And please don't forget that we have our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash weirdly magical. Just $3 a month, less than a Starbucks latte. (laughs) And you can keep our work going on these podcasts. Oh, we also have a weirdly magical Facebook page and a weirdly magical Instagram. So all followers and likes and all those things appreciated. (laughs) Very much appreciated. Thank you. Thank you. And always thank you for listening. I love hearing people go, oh, I listen to your podcast all the time. (laughs) Awesome. We love reviews. We love hearing about your stories and how we impact you. It is really... Such a joy. Thank you. So for now, it's goodbye from Lou. And goodbye from Jen. <laughs> <laughs>